Welcome to the Book Evangelist podcast, here to spread the good news that books and reading will save us all. Lissa and Marion will be talking about what's up in their reading and writing lives, reviewing recent reads, urging each other on to writing triumph, and generally wallowing in the pleasure of hanging out with a friend who loves books. Join us, wallow with us. This is episode 11, our year-end wrap-up, in which we will be discussing our best books of 2019 and our reading goals and plans for 2020, and especially what we're looking forward to that's coming out in the new year. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Marian. So, you're totally prepared for this, right? Yes, because I've been talking to my friend all year about books, pretty much, so it's great. Well, your friend is an astonishingly unorganized person. And so when 2019 started, I was going to do such a good job of keeping track of everything I read. Yeah. And I was going to use Goodreads for this. And I was pretty good about it for four months, maybe, ish. My Goodreads shows I was very good about it for the first two weeks of January. (laughs) Well, there you go. And then... You know, I finish a book and then I want to go read the other book or it's really late at night or I'm running off to do something and I didn't write them down. But I am a planner junkie. People listening might not know this about me. I love planners and Which is awesome. Which is awesome. So I had the reading planner that Owl Crate sent me and I had been writing everything down in that as well. And then I switched over to writing all of that down on the monthly pages of my happy planner. So I've spent this morning making uh, Marianne's great big table of books and trying to figure out what books I read this year. I am also extremely organized like you um, in various (laughs) ways. So after I realized I had not updated Goodreads most of the year, I decided to look at my Instagram and scrolled back through and basically reread a year's worth of Instagram posts. And I post a lot. Um, But I had um, commented or posted on things um, on Instagram a lot when I really liked a book or when there was a good quote. Yeah. So basically, I prepared by screenshotting my own Instagram. Well, it's got to be your own fan, you know? Right, right. So how many books did you end up with? Do you know? No. (laughs) my, My great big table has 55 on it. Ooh. Which means I made my Goodreads goal, my Goodreads goal, except Goodreads doesn't know that because I had told it I was going to read 50 books oh, this year. It's secret. I think I I don't know what I I don't know how much I read and I don't know what I put my goal at. I know I have I made this table in Word and I wish I had done it in Excel because I have a column for how many pages each book is and I wish I knew mm. what the total is cuz it's a lot. I used to total things up that way, like the hard way when I had just a reading blog for a long time before I used Goodreads, and I would total up how many pages I read. Yeah. That's interesting to know. And it's interesting, like the wide, some of them are very, very short, and some of them are hefty. Uh, And in looking at it, I also wrote down what format I read it in and whether or not it was a reread for me. And 
What we learned is that at the beginning of this year, I was reading a lot of books in paper, real paper books. You know, yes. Dead trees. And you can tell the point at which I bought a, uh, a Kindle. Yes. Because I started reading a lot more ebooks. And that was partially because I was getting ready for NaNoWriMo and I wanted to read a lot of mysteries, cozy mysteries, really fast. Um, and it was much easier. I traditionally have a lot of ebooks, but I read them on my iPad and it was just heavy. So you can tell when I switched over to that. And audio has been a pretty steady thing for me throughout the year. Um, several audiobooks. So I started buying books this year um, and then rereading them and then loaning them out to people. That was probably the biggest reading change I had this year. Yeah. The only problem with that, Lisa, is that then you have to buy another copy of that book. I did that for some books. Yeah, this is me and Or because they took too long to read it. Yeah, yeah. I've had at least six copies of Station Eleven because I keep giving it away to people and then I need a new copy for myself. And people don't don't respect your books when you loan them to them, I'll tell you. So there you go. I usually only loan things I know I could replace easily or... My rereads were not too heavy this year. I mostly read everything once... The, the rereads I had were books from the past, particularly on audio, the Lockwood & Co. series from Jonathan Stroud, which I think I listen to every year on audio. They're my favorite audio books. I just love them. Um, I've never listened to them. Oh, they're, so them. Awesome. they're so awesome. They're what are so they? Awesome. Are they fantasy? Are they, they are. They are. Some libraries shelve them with middle grade and some libraries shelve them with YA. And it's a five book series about an alternate London where which has developed a problem with ghosts. England okay. generally has developed a problem with ghosts wandering around and this is and children tend to have greater psychic ability to see ghosts. So Lockwood and Co. is is a psychical detection agency i guess they go and take care of your ghost problem if you've developed one and they're super super fabulous books and wonderful on audio but they're just a little bit creepy so i thought i I was about to about that because the first one is uh, the screaming staircase and i listened to it on audio i'd never read the book for the first time on a car trip across South Dakota in June. And it was the prettiest I've ever seen South Dakota. It was just beautiful and green and lovely. And I was ready to roll down the windows and crawl out of the car because it was so tense, you know, really intense. But everybody in our house loves these books so much. It and I would be too creepy for my house. For some people in your mm. house, definitely, I think they might need a little. Uh, I mean, the child, but also me. <laughs> Yeah, well, you should. You could try one. You could try one. I will, I will say they're. I could try one. Whew, yeah, they're. They do tend to be. They're just beautifully written, but they do have creepy ghosts. <laughs> so, you know, it's just very stressful sometimes. But I will. I, if you need me, I have read them, so I know like what happens, and I can That's reassure true. you. Sometimes we do better in our house if we have the spoilers right in front of us. Right, it so that you know, you know through. who's going to die and live yes. and so forth, and it's all all right. Yes. So, yes, but that was, most of my rereads involved listening to those five big books on audio, and I'll probably do it again in 2020, and I'm not ashamed to say it. They're wonderful. 
there's no shame in re-listening to audio, says the girl who does it all the time. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm doing my annual re-listen of Connie Willis's Doomsday Book right now. There you go. The Christmas story, you know. You, I believe you, and I read it at Christmas when you recommended it to me, and I, was, I enjoyed it very much. So, you can't go wrong with Connie Willis. You, you really can't. Okay. Um, so what else did you read in 2019? What were oh, your favorites? Gosh, my favorites um, that I read early on in the year, I read The Feather Thief by Kirk Wallace Johnson, uh, which is a nonfiction book. And it's a terrific nonfiction book that gave me tons of stuff to think about, as well as being totally entertaining. And it is, gosh, it's about The Feather Thief is a person who stole some bird specimens from a museum in England to use for making fly fishing ties. Oh my. And it's kind of about that. And it's also about um, Wallace, who the person who independently came up with the idea of the theory of evolution at the same time as Charles Darwin did, but doesn't get much credit for it, and for whom the Wallace line is named. Um, and the his life and the process of these birds and birds in general and what has happened to bird populations and why owning feathers of certain kinds is illegal in the United States and about fly fishing and the evolution of fly fishing flaws. And it's, I know it sounds weird, but it's a totally fascinating book that I would recommend to that like everyone. That description is very different than the fantasy novel plot I imagined when I saw it on your list. <laughs> yeah, it's a non, I read a surprising amount of nonfiction this year and I just love this book. Um, and it's what I like I guess I would say almost like narrative nonfiction. Nonfiction, it tells me is a great story, an interesting story. And this is one, and it's a book that made me mad, which I think is the purpose of it. I was outraged, outraged that he took these birds and that he's a real person and, you know, still exists. And he feels no remorse and has paid no price for this theft that has destroyed a body of knowledge that isn't recoverable for us in the world and had so much to tell us it's huh. just terrific just a terrific book so interesting i know maybe i'll convert you to nonfiction. maybe i read a nonfiction book last year <laughs> there you go um, I, read I read what we talk about when we talk about books yeah. by leah price yeah. i'm about halfway through that one so it was like completely in my wheelhouse and um you know sort of just like snuggling up with somebody else who likes books while they told me more about books and is that on your best of list this year? It is on my best of list. Um, I really enjoyed, I mean, I enjoy like the meta part of talking about books. Um, but I enjoyed thinking more deeply too about how we connect through books and all that. Excellent. So tell me about another book on your best of list. Well, I um, we podcasted about almost all of the top <laughs> ones. So listeners, just um, scroll back up in your podcast feed. And you can hear all about the books that I loved in 2019. Um, but some of the other ones that I read that we didn't, I don't think, podcast too much about were, um, let's see, I read um, or I listened to Even Tree Nymphs Get the Blues by Molly Harper. Um, it was a novella 
audiobook that I downloaded, and it was not something I would have normally done because it was paranormal and it was present day, and that's not a thing I usually do. Uh, but it was really funny and fun, and I liked that. Um, and I read the play Picnic by William Inge, and I read the book Dune by Frank Herbert, and both of those were for various book clubs. Um, I, I was super interested when you read Dune because my own experience with it is limited. Back in the day, like a long time ago, I lived overseas when I was a child, and we would come home to the United States in the summertime and live in various people's houses that were relatives of ours. And eventually my parents had this little ratty cabin in the woods. Yes. Um, but did not have such wonders as like washing machines. So we would have to go down to the laundromat and do our laundry. And I picked up a copy of Dune in the laundromat and started reading it while we did our laundry. And I just had a lot of difficulty with it. And <laughs> I never finished it. But I'm certain it was not the right book for me as a 15-year-old girl uh, hanging around a laundromat. It doesn't seem like a good laundromat read. Yeah. So maybe I would like it more now. And of course, then they made a terrible, terrible, terrible movie out of it, which, yes, um, I'm sure no one should watch. Is it the William Hurt movie? Because that's the one I have checked out right now. William Hurt. I uh, don't have the slightest idea if William Hurt was in I don't it. Either. It had the one um, I have checked out is five hours long. It had. Uh, oh my goodness! What is his name? See, you could put me on the spot. You know, I'm terrible with people's names. Yeah, well, I, I don't know either. Um, I can hardly remember books' names. You can't expect me to remember people. Um, Kyle McLaughlin. Is that his name? Me? I don't know. He plays the main Dune guy. Yeah, he was in Twin Peaks and stuff like that. Oh, anyway, there you go. So I was interested. Do you like Dune, right? And that was. Um, I liked. Um, I liked it, sort of. I need to read it again. I did that mix where you like listen to part of the audiobook and read part yeah. of the book, and I need to go back and do one of the whole thing again. And I think it'll be reading. Excellent. So that will be coming up soon. Um, it's interesting that one of your favorite books was a novella. One of my favorite books was a novella. Yes. Which was All Systems Read by Martha Wells, which is the first of the Murderbot novellas. And I didn't realize for most of the year that there were more of them. I thought there was just one. And it turns out there is more. Uh, so That's always exciting. Yeah, I was so excited. So I have, I'm actually reading Murderbot number two right now. So that's great. And this, it's a you know, just a little novella and... It, boy, you know, you would not think that a novella about a security bot that has hacked its itself and taken control of itself and refers to itself as a murder, a terrifying murder bot would be a hysterically funny book. But I really, really thought it was a funny book that the voice of murder bot itself is is really charming and dry and they're, it's a very pleasant book to read. And I'm looking forward to all of the others. And when we get to the 2020 books, I'll tell you about another one. But so I really liked that uh, in a surprise. And several of, of my favorite books of the year were also ones that we podcast about. Haven't we been lucky? 
We have been. Including uh, Foundry Side by Robert Jackson Bennett and The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers, both of which I enjoyed immensely. And I'm very surprised to see that of my favorite, you know, five favorite books of the year, three of them are science fiction books. I know, right? What is happening to us? <laughs> I don't know. I would not have. When 2019 turned and came in, I would not have labeled myself as a science fiction reader per se. But apparently, I really like them. Maybe, and, and, but I believe science fiction is having, is it self-changing, you know, that is changing yeah. into a genre that I like? More? Yeah, it's having a moment, but a really good moment. A really good moment. Yes, with lots of of stories that are of personal interest to me and written in a way that I find accessible and, in, and like that. Yes. So um, I hesitantly put the book Emergency Contact by Mary H.K. Choi on my best-ish list because um, <laughs> I really, before it came out, I was excited about it. And when it came out, I was excited about it. And then I kept not picking it up. And then a friend like brought me their copy and said, I really think this is a book for you. So then I read it um, eventually so that I could return it. Um, And I really liked it intensely for almost the whole book. And then I didn't like some stuff that happened at the end. Hmm. And so... I'm, so it's like the first 80% or so of it is totally on my best of list. Excellent. So I have not read this book. And the only thing I know about Emergency Contact is that many people really, really, really love it. And many other people don't. Like it's a lover or hate it book. And maybe it's the ending. So if you were so excited to read it and you had yes. access to it, why did you put it off? Because it, the premise was so lovely that I wanted it to be perfect. Yeah. And then I kept not touching it. Like, I had it on my phone for a really long time. And then I, I mean, it's still on my phone. Um, and until until the friend who brought it to me said, yes, this book is for you, I didn't know what book they were bringing me. And then when I had it in my hands, I was like, oh, this book. Okay. <laughs> but I was nervous about this book. Um, and the first 80%, again, like I really loved, and then it changed and I didn't like it as much. Yeah, I can see that. Of When I was thinking about books that disappointed me this year, probably the two biggest disappointments I had, both of them were because I really liked the premise. Yes. And was excited about it and felt that it was just, you know, central to my wheelhouse. And then the execution of the book wasn't done the way I wanted it, (laughs) which is, you know, a me thing. It's not a them thing, but this happened to me at least twice that I had been super excited about a book and then it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. And I can name them if you want, but you know, it's nothing. I always want to know. Nothing. One of them was fire and heist. um, And the other one was Fox and let's see, Fire and Heist. I have them all written down here, so I can hopefully find it. I, I read that one too, right? With dragons? Yeah. Well, it was supposed to have dragons. It's supposed right. to be a you know a heist book with dragons. Doesn't that sound like exactly what I want it yeah. to be? No, because I saw some, when I was reviewing for this podcast, I saw some note to sell for a thing I'd posted that basically said, like, I didn't read this because Marion said it had mom issues, but then yeah, it did read it. Yeah, it does have mom issues. Yeah, but it was okay because the mom issues were like, yeah. 
Yeah. Kind of like the dragon. Yeah, that's like, Sarah eh. Beth Durst wrote that one, and Fox is Nadine Brandis. Um, and Fox was another book that should be perfect for me. It is an alternate history book with magic centered around the um, Guy Fox gunpowder plot. Okay. So this yeah. should be the best book in the world for me. And it just, no, I didn't, I thought the main character was whiny. <laughs> That's never good. A whiny naval teaser. Um, and it has been a very popular book and lots of people like it. It is, I think the only book, I listened to it on audio, that I've ever sped up the audio on. I think I made it up to times two. Just, I know, really, really fast because I determined to see what happened at the end, but I couldn't bear it anymore. So I was, yeah, and so that's a me thing. They weren't, they weren't what I wanted them to be. Although Fox did have a a thing that drove me bananas. Lots of people were hanged and it kept saying lots, you know, this person was hung. And that really upsets me, even though I know some people use them interchangeably. I just can't handle it. People are hanged, pictures are hung, and my mother has drilled that into my brain, and I believe her. And uh, yeah, right. And so I was personal. shocked that no ma- no editor pinged it at any point in time. To at least say this is going to alienate people. Yeah, this is going to upset Marion Rakestraw. You better go and fix it. Truth. Yeah. 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 Don't upset Marion. We never upset Marion. So okay. yes. So that was. Uh, but the only other uh, book I have on my favorite books, I tried to keep it down to a dull roar, of 2019, was I finally read Mr. Penumbra's 24-Hour Bookstore by Robin Sloan. And it went straight on your favorites list. It went straight on my favorites list, yes. And it's not the first Robin Sloan book I've read, and I don't know why it took me so long to read Mr. Penumbra. I owned a copy of it for some time before I read it, because I knew that I would like it, and of course I did, because it's lovely. So Right? Yeah. Um, Robin Sloan didn't have a new book out this year, but um, did the book blurb on City in the Middle of the Night oh. and Gideon the Ninth. Um, so now I kind of watch for like, if you aren't writing a whole book this year, what are you blurbing? Because, you know, it's going to be in the right vein for yeah, me. Yeah, that's a good, smart plan. And I want you to know, Lisa, <laughs> that I went and looked up the cover of Gideon the Ninth just right? so I could see it. And I see your problem reading it on airplanes. Yeah. Yeah. When I went back and looked at my Instagram, there's like, I don't even know, a ridiculous number of times I posted the cover of This Is How You Lose the Time War. Like a re- like seven, <laughs> like so many. It's a and some cover. of them are artistic and then some of them I'm kind of just like snuggling the book because I'm so happy and I didn't even know, <laughs> know what was up. <laughs> Except it was so great, right? Like I even posted on Instagram the day that I downloaded it but didn't start reading it at the baseball game. Like it's all there. Uh, my whole... My whole Instagram is about that book. Yeah, because you can't and, you can't read. This is how you use the time war and keep the box score at the same time. Right. Yeah. It was a choice I had to make. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's no pictures of getting the ninth. Maybe I'll have to put quotes up instead because, <laughs> like, the cover even scares me a little bit. Like, yeah, it's kind of creepy. Oh, it, but the book is so good. Excellent. I think the first line from it. Well, I'll have to look up the first line from it that I texted somebody because I was so excited. But those are always good signs if I'm reading a book and I need to text people. Yeah, like, yeah, lines yeah, from yeah, it. yeah. The only problem is then if, if like you don't know anybody else who's read it, then you're just full of this 
bursting urge to share things and you don't you know <gasps> twitter you that's where you go to twitter this is what you maybe i should put yeah. that as my resolution is learn to love twitter i still or just like book twitter for the books book you're twitter. reading yeah i'm still suffering with twitter but you know, maybe maybe i'll find a cozy corner of book twitter although speaking of yes. favorite books and writers of yours was it a, was it charlie jane anders or um Sarah Gailey. Or was it Sarah Gailey said she's stepping away from... Charlie Jean Anders. Twitters. Because she did not mm-hmm. feel comfortable and happy. And I thought, no, Twitter, don't be mean to Charlie Jean Anders. I know. Be kind and loving and welcoming. and. But it came with a reminder to listen to her podcast, her podcast. which is excellent. So Yes. yes. And I think you're I behind on her podcast, so you can spend some time doing that. Exactly. Excellent. See, these are like going to be my plans, Maybe. Maybe give myself a lot of options so um does that help us wrap up our favorite books of 2019 yes i just want to plug that i made a list of um, books i didn't read yet for 2019 um it's a lot of science fiction and fantasy um many of which i've bought so i mean they're at least going to sit around and kind of like hang out with me until i read them um and many of which I'm pretty excited to read still. Just there's a lot of books in the world, and if I keep rereading all of them, then I don't get to the new ones. Well, I was gonna say I know that this list of yours is like an electronic list, and I don't know that that much puts as much pressure on people as actually having the books stacked all over your house. I know it's you don't have to see the list, so you don't feel the weight of of book guilt. I have five of the seven eight books. I have five of the eight books next to my bed. And the other three are on my phone. So there are, it's a real they're, list. They're lurking. Of, they're lurking. Okay, yeah. They're all lurking. Excellent. Plus, I announced it on my works website of best books of 2019 that I didn't get around to reading yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's well known now in the world that this is a thing I mean to do. Well, that's good. I have, you know, been recently reworking my office a little bit and changing things around. And it is still absolutely crammed with books that I haven't read and so I just I've decided I need to take like a year off from everything else and just uh, lie in bed and read books yeah because you don't mean a year off from like writing no, you no, mean no, like no. a year off from like laundry well maybe yeah laundry for sure for sure no laundry for, and no dish doing yes um, and because it takes all the time no running errands for other people and definitely I need to stay out of craft stores and yes, but mostly just wake up in the morning and have people feed me, deliver me breakfast, lunch, and dinner while I lie there and read all the books until they're done. It's the only hope. That is genius. And I hope when we get to the part where we have book plans, that comes back up. Excellent. Because it's a great plan. It's a great plan. I don't know if it's... It's, uh, it's fantastical. Yeah, I don't know that it's practical plan or a likely plan, but... Unless robots delivered the things, and then it's science fiction. Yeah, but then we have the evil robots loose in the house, Lissa. And don't put evil robots in your house, <laughs> is my advice. <laughs> All robots are evil in the end. You know, that's how these books go. Well, well, maybe not murderbot. I don't know yet, because I've not read them all. Right, we have to find out. So, let's talk about... Uh, upcoming 2020 books that you want to read. Yes. Um, I have already, I think, pre-ordered Maggie Smith's nonfiction self-help book, Keep Moving, which is really just, I think, probably a printout of Twitter in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. I think it's She has a beautiful Twitter. That, right? 
Um, and um, Sarah Gailey's new book, Upright Women Wanted, is like pretty shiny. Have you seen the tagline for that? I have not. Oh my goodness. Okay, hold on. Let me look it up. <laughs> Upright Women Wanted. Because I always try to make it up and I make up something not even as fantastical <laughs> as the actual tagline. Um, is it on here? Oh, it's not on here. Oh, no. oh, well, here. The future American Southwest is full of bandits, fascists, and queer librarian spies on horseback trying to do the right thing. Boy, that's isn't a, the that's tagline a sale. I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right? I'm in. But I'm in. When does that? Yeah. yeah whenever that comes out, we're just going to have to read it because this is just the way that it is. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It. Um. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. Because uh, it was like, oh, let's put all of my things in a thing. And yes. Um, what else? Um, oh, so in if we were looking for signs from the universe, John Scalzi's release date for the third book in his interdependency series um, is on my birthday. Well. So I took the day off work. You and should. I plan to binge the audiobook on my birthday. So when everybody thinks I have really cool birthday plans, I do. Those are really cool birthday plans. Yes. I yeah. like it. But, um, you know, I'm going to have to arrange for you to have, like, a dozen cupcakes to so you can get strung out on sugar. I was going to say, just sit and eat sugar and listen to my audiobook. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's um, legit. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. So that's mostly what I'm looking forward to so far in 2020. Excellent. My, my looking forward to list in 2020 is really short because I have not uh, at the time or... or Possibly also there's an inertia thing here to sit down and look at what's coming out in 2020 that I know is coming out in 2020. But there are two books um, that I'm looking forward to in 2020. One is The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel, <sighs> which I am both super excited about and terrified of. I know, right? Because Station Eleven. Because Station Eleven, which is in my top three books ever, a book I love in like a lot of ways. And this is the next book after that. And it worries me because what if I don't love it the way I loved Station Eleven? Uh, but I bet I do. I don't know. I hope I do. So, Or if not, there's the, there's the possibility that you'll have a great book. Yeah. And, and there's a, there's a reason to go reread Station Eleven built into 2020 now. Yeah. Well, so like, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So yes, The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel, which maybe is a March book, maybe? I think so. Yeah. And the other one is, so I told you about um, All Systems Red and the Murderbot novellas, of which there's four. In 2020, the first full length Murderbot book is coming out. It's called Network Effect. And I'm really looking forward to that one as well. And uh, yeah, so I don't know anything about it. Just that I will read it if it says Murderbot in the title. I love that you're like, I have so many books to read. I need to take a break from everything else and catch up on reading. Also, the book I'm looking forward to is book five in a series I'm on book two of. <laughs> well, I'll get there. The others are really exactly. short. I could do this. Exactly. Exactly. Like I'm going to make piles of books to read, and I'm going to add more things to the piles, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be, and and the rest of my books I am promising myself that I'll read in 2020 so far are all books that are published in 2019, or I think they're all 2019 books, of which they are The Ten Thousand Doors of January by Alex E. Harrow, 
of which is a fantasy novel. Wayward Son by Rainbow Rowell, which is the follow-up to Carry On. Have you ever read Carry On? No. Fangirl? No. Okay. Well, Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell, which you should categorically read because it will feel autobiographical to you. You got me a necklace of Fangirl, and I wear it all the time. There you go. And you should do that. Well, at the beginning, of the, in Fangirl, the main character, um, Cather, is reading, has been reading a book series that's been coming out, which is sort of like Harry Potter crossed with Twilight. Okay. And they're, okay. they're the Simon Snow books. And she writes fan fiction based on the Simon Snow books. And she has a huge following in the fan fiction world. And the last book is going to come out that year. And she's been trying to write her own version of it before it comes out. Um, so, and these are the Carry On Simon is what that book is going to be called. So after Rainbow Rowell wrote Fangirl, then she ended up writing Carry On, which is this Bananagrams fantasy novel about <laughs> Simon Snow at his last year at this magical school, and his roommate is Baz, who is a vampire. Uh, it's their wonderful, hysterical, uh, fabulous book. So Wayward Son is the sequel to Carry On. So there you go. That's other books that you should be reading, but you should start with Fangirl. Which, by the way, she wrote the first 50,000 words of during NaNoWriMo. As everyone should. As everyone should. And says that she's changed hardly any of it. Uh, so Wayward Son by Rainbow Rowell, which came out relatively recently. And has the wonderful Baz in a floral suit. So that tells you. Um, Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Who wrote uh, Six the of Crows, Crows and Crick the Kingdom and the Grishaverse books. And this isn't any of those it's a new Mike modern day fantasy book and I really like the cover because it's super creepy and has snaky things on it um how do you feel about it being in a different series and world it worries me interestingly so my son who is 17 loves all the Lee Bardugo books including all the Grishaverse books but I will say that I really love Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom but the Grishaverse books are great they're fine but they don't, you know, eat me for lunch. Yeah. So it, I worry more that he'll be upset that it's not in that universe than that I will. And it sounds interesting, although it is, as many books are in the fantasy world, that it's one of those person who discovers a secret hidden world of magic and power book, I think. So I have not so even it had... So go either way. Yeah, yeah. I, I expect to like it, and many people that I see around in the in the social media universe have read it and really liked it, and so I look forward to reading that one. And then the rest of my book says all these damned book damned books piled up in my office. So many books, so many books. And then of course my library habit just keeps adding on to them, and the ebook thing is not helping because I just check them all out all the time. So I'll read many books. Is my goal, I guess. It's a good goal. It is. So, so every book, every book is on my read list for 2020. All of them. Every single. All one. the books. Yes. So, do you have any? It's good to have options. Yeah. Do you have any resolutions for 2020? I'm um, only because you made me make one. <laughs> 
And then I made it as controversial and obtainable as I could. Um, my reading resolution for 2020 is to buy and read more print books in print, intentionally, and not in my bed, and to write in the margins. This sounds, this sounds good to me. And particularly, I'll say I'm supportive of the write in the margins section because being a, a Midwesterner, I have learned early to treat books with reverence. So like no dog earring at the pages and do not write in the margins. But more and more, I'm like, I'll write in a book if I want to, if I own it. Of course, you must not write in library books, Lisa. Um, That's wrong. And, and yeah, it was. And last night I was at a book party thing and there was an author there and she was talking about formatting her self-published books and she formats them with big margins so that when you hold it, your you know thumbs are not covering any yeah. words and also there's extra room to write in the margins. So I'm down with that. You do that, girl. And, uh, and maybe underline also. Yeah, and highlighting. If you want to. I was reading Getting in the Ninth on the airplane, and I couldn't access the internet on the airplane. And there were multiple times that a word was used where, I mean, I from context, I understood what the word meant. But all of a sudden, I was like, I really want to look up the actual definition of that word. Mm. And it finally got to the point where I started underlining the words so I could find them easily later. But now my copy of Getting in the Ninth just has like literally 10 random words underlined in it. <laughs> And it, it's a physical copy? Yeah. Okay. And I bought it. Because my copy. Because I was um, I have never gotten a hang of like underlining ebooks. Oh, yeah. People no. do this, but to me, that just slows you down. It seems clunky, yeah. so I don't do that. I don't want to read I screenshot. Yeah. In yeah, ebooks, yeah. I screenshot. Screenshot is fine. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm very much pro highlighter, and maybe I'll send you a highlighter uh, that you can use. A nice, a nice zebra mild liner. Uh, yeah, the best highlighter in the world because they, I buy them because they don't upset my uh, sensitive little childrens, uh, who get disturbed by like super bright highlighter. So yeah, because I've just been like underlining in purple pen. There you go. So. I, I like gray highlighter. It's my thing. Uh, but they make purple ones too. Yes, new purple. Intriguing. Yes. Oh yeah, I don't think I'm using like a wise choice. I was just using what, <laughs> what I, I had. Purple hand. ink is always just a wise choice. Almost always purple. Yeah. Ink. Yeah. 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 Um, Marion, what are your reading resolutions? Uh, well, first, in looking at this list that I made, it isn't really very broad of a selection. There's a, a healthy sprinkling of nonfiction, and then it's almost all either science fiction or fantasy and mystery. I, I mean, read a lot which of is awesome. Year. Yeah, but I feel like I should read a little wider. And one category that's almost totally missing from my list from this year is poetry. I read one book of poetry, and I didn't like it. Um, so I need to read more and better poetry uh, this year. And because uh, when I read poems, Do you want my I like the poetry so tips. Yeah. Okay, one, um, go to your library every week and read the poems in The New Yorker, preferably out loud, okay. but maybe just under your breath if you're at the library. Mutter, mutter, mutter. Um, that's a poetry tip. And then go to the poetry, like, new book section and just open things at random. Okay. Until I... That's mostly how I read poetry, both of those two things. Okay, so, like, open them at random until I find one that catches my eye and then take that book of poetry away with me. Um, no, I just stand by the shelves and oh, read okay. whatever just poems I open to. 
but yeah, look, find what catches your eye and try a lot of different things because poetry, like choosing from the cover does nothing for me. Excellent. Well, you know, I had started the the Billy Collins Masterclass in Poetry and then I got off of it because other reading, writing crises overtook me, but I was enjoying it very much, although I was writing bad poetry, which is fine, but it was it was interesting to see how he constructs it and what he's doing, and that was fascinating to me. So, um, and I do have a couple Billy Collins books around here. But anyway, so that's one of mine is to read more poetry, and the second one is to join a book group because I don't have a book group here. And also last night when I was in the library here, I saw an, a sign for a book group that's meeting in January, and the book that they were going to read was The 10,000 Doors of January <gasps> by Alexi Harrow, which is, of course, on Meant my to-be-read to list. So I thought, this is fate. I shall join a book group, and I shall go, and I shall meet people who like books, and I shall read books with the people. And I don't know if this book group has a theme or if they're always going to pick books I like or if some of them are going to be painful or what. I think the theme should be pick books that Marianne likes or that will stretch her in new ways. I will say that I have it sitting here and the cover blurb is by Amala Motar. <gasps> okay. Well, it's meant to be. <laughs> there you go. I just now I looked down and saw that it. and I'm like, well, okay. Yes. Right? It clearly. This is like the print version of author Twitter. Cover blurb. <laughs> cover blurb Twitter. Which has always been true and yet now I see it in a new way. Yeah. And this is good. Yeah. So, so there. So that's my other one is to join a book group and meet more bookish people and and uh, maybe I'll fit extra books in that way because I'll be you know having to speed read a book to be ready for book group. Reading deadlines and accountability. It is a thing. Yeah. So, so that is that's mine. So I thought it would also be fun to make reading resolutions for the other person. You have such fun ideas. Do I? There you go. So to help yes. stretch that person uh, a little bit or or get them to read your recommendation or whatever. So my reading resolution for you, Lissa, is that I think that you should go and read the Murderbot novellas. And I'm going to go ahead and add Lockwood and Co. onto that as well because uh, sometimes I think you're a little too careful in your choices, Lissa. You're, you're, you're worried that a book will be a little too scary for you or not you know you you and you and i are both yeah. happy book people so sometimes i steer clear of books that i'm worried are not going to be as happy as i want them to be and uh you're not required to finish them but you should try them and uh, i like it yeah so go read Mur i mean they it scares me a little but yeah it scares like you it. a little that's okay so you should expand your horizons by saying well maybe this is just a little little a little tense but not really dreadful and so, um I can do this. Yes. So, um, like, so the first one is is all systems read, and you could read it in an afternoon. It's short, short. Excellent. And then you can read all of them, and then when it comes up to the novel comes out, you'll be ready to read it with me, and then I can discuss it with you. That's a good plan too. Wait, you just skip straight to book five. <laughs> well, I mean, because you're going to read the first four, and then you're going to be ready. I, yeah, that's true. It's all, that's true. The first one is only okay. 156 pages long. Oh, that's it's very just doable. a very short novella. They move right along, and you'll like them. All right, my reading resolutions for you, Marion, are to reflect on what you read more. Like I heard you kind of like hemming and hawing about Goodreads and planners and 
I think it's good. The learning is in the reflection. So I think it's good to, you know, it doesn't all have to be in the same system. Right. But you can do some on Goodreads and some in your planner. And well, some reflection is not for public consumption. That, I would be true. the first I, to admit I, that. Owlcrate did send me a shiny new reading planner for 2020 <gasps> like they do every year. And this one has, like, the book pages and then regular planner pages right next to it for every month so that my whole reading and writing life I'm going to put in there and I will try to be good and reflect and I think you should try a John Scalzi novel excellent so you can pick which one because there's I was going to say there's so lots many. so what you what any particular thing you would recommend that you think I would like the most Ooh. Um, I mean, I, mean, okay. I really love the Old Man's War series. Okay, because I was like, you're going to recommend Red Shirts. I really love Red Shirts. <laughs> I really love the Old Man's War series. Um, the Dispatcher is really short and very different um, and about, you know, killing. Oh, good. Um, but you recommended Murderbot. I did so. recommend Murderbot. Um, and the new series... Um, that starts with the collapsing empire is like one of my favorite things ever right now. Um, so, and then all the like one-offs are also pretty great. So there's not like a bad thing. So I could spend, I'm going to try the Christmas ones today. Okay. So like I could spend all of 2020 just reading John Scalzi novels if I needed to. I mean, that's what I do every <laughs> year now is I just like keep listening to stuff I've heard. Um, so yeah, that's a strong plan too, but you should go read, you know, see what, sparks your interest I, I i promise i will look them all up and like take a look at the entire oeuvre of john scalzi and uh you know. yeah see what appeals at the moment yeah let's see see what's good excellent. excellent so we're all set for 2020 and we have a plan for our next episode we do next time on the book evangelist Co- podcast we will be discussing the Ten Thousand doors of january by Alex E. Harrow, a debut fantasy fiction novel on this year's NPR's concierge list. Thank you for listening to the Book Evangelist podcast. Please remember to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Those notes for this and previous episodes are available on the Book Evangelist website. Send us your comments and, of course, your book recommendations at thebookevangelists at gmail.com. <laughs>